Time now for the news, presented by Boyd Furniture and Mattress Center in Wayne City, where you get everyday low prices on Serta, Ashley, Catnapper, and Benchcraft Furniture. I'm Dustin Fuller reporting. It took around an hour for the Wayne County Spelling Bee to commence. Bee took place at Fairfield City Hall. This year's winner of the Spelling Bee is Esme Krupp. Krupp is an 8th grader at Sisney Middle School and the daughter of Adam and Alicia Krupp. Krupp's final word that clinched the victory was plastron. Plastron. P-L-A-S-T-R-O-N. Plastron. And that is in fact correct. The runner-up for this year's spelling bee was Wayne City 5th grader Alex Barbary. Barbary is the son of Jonathan and Heather Barbary. Spelling Bee was moderated by Jeff Bond and put together by Sherry Berger at Jasper School. Wayne County Board met for their monthly session last night at Wayne County Courthouse. With only one dissenting vote, the board voted to reascend a resolution that was passed at the December 2023 meeting. The resolution reascended was presented in December by Wayne County Supervisor of Assessments Jody Poole. Poole had requested that the county be divided into quadrants for assessment purposes. Several board members stated that they did not feel like they were fully informed on the issue by Poole and had sought more information on their own, leading to the vote. Board members also voiced concern about a severe lack of communication that exists between the assessors and Poole's office. Poole was also criticized for her lack of attendance at most board meetings. In office reports, County Treasurer Yvette Anderson reported that the final distribution of taxes has been completed. County Clerk Lizanne Woodrow advised those attending that early voting has begun. Ten people cast ballots so far. She has stated that over 500 mail-in ballots have been requested. Board approved an $8,000 expenditure for new batteries or the county's electronic voting machines. Coroner Kerry Dagg updated the board on the new refrigeration equipment being installed at her office. She also stated that Lucy Britt was working in her office as the result of a grant. Britt is currently in college pursuing a career in law enforcement. Sheriff Chris Odie informed the board that local business owner Bryant and Barbara Williams had provided a donation to his department. That was used to purchase seven new ballistic helmets for his department. The sheriff and board extended their gratitude to the Williams family for their generosity. The sheriff said that active shooter drills have been completed at all North Wayne schools, with drills being planned for Wayne City and the remaining county schools. Sheriff Odie updated the board as well on several pieces of surplus equipment they will be receiving that equipment includes an RV, which will become a mobile command center, along with seven helmet-mounted night vision scopes. The equipment was obtained at no taxpayer expense. Ambulance coordinator Tom Windland advised the board that the contract for providing ambulance service to Garden Hill, Ziff, Keith, and Barry was approved by Clay County Hospital in the Clay County Board. We'll be voting on that contract at their next meeting. Wayne City High Schools announced their Senior of the Month for December and their Senior of the Month for January. For December, that senior is Joey Greenwald, while the senior for January 
is Clara Vaughn. Joey is the son of Jason and Stephanie Greenwald of Johnsonville. Joey's extracurricular activities include baseball, beta club, honor society, FFA, and history club. He currently works for the family farm. After high school, Joey plans on attending Run Lake College to study ag business. Clara Vaughn is the daughter of Sean and Christina Vaughn of Wayne City. Clara's extracurricular activities include landing the lead in the school play, FCCLA, Red Ribbon Team, Scholar Bowl, and Band Captain. She's also a Beta Club Honor Society member, their secretary this year, and the yearbook editor. She's class treasurer and the vice president of the History Club. Clara is currently employed at Sweeties. WFIW News continues in just a moment. This is Heidi Hodges bringing you the Daily Financial Market Report on behalf of financial advisor Andrew Diesel and Edward Jones. Stocks were mostly higher on Thursday. The Dow closed up 49 points at 38,726. The Nasdaq was up 37 points at 15,794. The S&P 500 was up 3 points at 4,998. And in the bond market, 10-year Treasury yields are trading at 4.15%. In stocks of local interest, Chevron closed up $1.93 to $154.06. Walmart was down $0.01 cent to $169.37. Duke Energy was down $2.85 to $92.65. Apple was down $1.09 to $188.32. John Deere was down $0.12 to $385.83. ConocoPhillips was up $1.58 to $113.90. Boeing was down $2.70 to $209.22. And ExxonMobil closed up $1.75 to $103.97. In commodity markets, the price of crude oil was up $2.64 to $76.50, and the spot price of gold was down $3.30 to $2,048.40. This has been today's Financial Market Report, brought to you on behalf of Edward Jones, member SIPC, and financial advisor Andrew Diesel, serving individual investors with personalized attention and financial advice from his office in Fairfield. If you would like additional information, you can contact us at 842-4212. Daily commentary is also located on our website at edwardjones.com. WFIW News continues. Clay County turns 200 later this year. County officials are wanting to put on an event to celebrate the occasion. Officials will be holding a meeting on Monday at the Clay County Courthouse at 6 p.m. to discuss the celebration of Clay County's 200th year. The public is invited to attend. Hamilton Memorial Hospital District in McLeansboro invites the public to join them at 11 a.m. on Tuesday, February 20th at the hospital cafeteria for a heart health lunch and learn. The event will include information about heart-healthy habits, Medicare annual wellness visits, and much more. Lunch is provided by the Hamilton County Senior Citizen Center. Flu shots will be available at no cost to anyone 65 years of age or older who provides a valid Medicare or Medicaid card. 
or for a fee of $25. For more information or to RSVP, you can contact Elaine Miller at the Hamilton Memorial Hospital. We have her contact information with this story at WFIWradio.com. The event is free and open to the public. Teamsters at the Illinois Department of Transportation could be headed for a strike. Teamsters overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike. Strike authorization vote follows months of negotiations with the state for a new contract. Most recent contract expired on, J on July 1st. Meanwhile, Illinois is generating a massive amount of gaming revenue. The Illinois Gaming Board reported that the state and local governments earned more than $1.5 billion in tax revenue in 2023. That includes funds from the state's 15 licensed casinos, more than 46,000 video gaming terminals, and 13 sports wagering operators statewide. Over $11 billion was wagered on sports last year in Illinois, which has become one of the highest-grossing sports wagering markets in the country. Time now for additional state and regional news. From the Illinois Radio Network, with that check of news, here's Andrew Hensel and Kevin Bessler. Reporting for the Illinois Radio Network, I'm Andrew Hensel. As the taxpayer costs for health care for migrants in Illinois approaches $1 billion, some are saying enough is enough. Kevin Bessler reports. After an initial budget estimate by Governor J.B. Prisker for migrant care of $550 million, that figure has ballooned to around $770 million. State Senator Sue Rezin says that money could be used to help people who already live in Illinois. The money spent on this program inevitably reduces funding and resources available for other crucial and essential programs for Illinois citizens. It was revealed this week by the Department of Health Care and Family Services that nearly all co-pays have been eliminated for migrants. State Senator Chapin Rose says everyone else has to pay insurance premiums and co-pays. Goes to work, does their job, pays their health care premium, pays their kids ER co-pay, pays their kids doctors co-pay, and then non-citizens show up and it's free? This is nuts. Around 35,000 migrants have arrived in Illinois from other countries over the past 16 months. Workers at the Illinois Department of Transportation could soon be going on strike. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters announced that its over 3,800 members overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike, with 95% voting in favor. A Teamsters spokesperson said the primary roadblock to getting a new contract is that the state wants to switch workers to a different health care plan, something they're opposed to. An oil industry analyst says the temporary BP oil refinery shutdown in northwest Indiana will impact prices even at non-BP gas stations. The BP refinery in Whiting, one of the largest in the country, suffered a power outage last week, and it appears that it will be offline for at least two weeks. Patrick DeHaan from GasBuddy.com said, given the loss of hundreds of millions of gallons of gasoline from the downtime, pricing impacts could spread around the Great Lakes region. The Illinois State Museum announced its newest exhibition, Presidential Illinois, is now on view at its Springfield Museum. The exhibition displays artifacts highlighting the four U.S. presidents who have called Illinois home, including Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, Ronald Reagan, and Barack Obama. This is IRN. Local and area obituaries on WFIW presented by Nails Funeral Home. Locally owned and operated with locations in Fairfield and Albion, Nails Funeral Home providing professionalism and care in your family's time of need. 101-year-old Lucy Mabel Helm of Flora, formerly of Olney in Clay City, passed away on Friday, February 2nd at Clay County Hospital. She was born December 14th of 1922 in Knoble, Arkansas, to Ralph Shirley Welder and Anna Elizabeth Summers Wilder. She married Dr. John Edmund Helm Sr. on July 26th of 1974 
and together they shared 31 wedding anniversaries. She's survived by her grandchildren, Kathy and husband Bill Croy, Kevin and wife Tasha Crown, and Melissa Leonberger, great-grandchildren Adam and wife Lindsay Croy, Jill and husband Nathan Vock, Vanessa and husband Dustin Pastrovich, Tyson Crown, Maddie Crown, and soon-to-be-expected baby boy Crown. Great-great-grandchildren Reeston and Griffin Croy, Kennedy Davis, Sophia and Liam Vock, and Phoebe and Ben Pastrovich. Son-in-law Lauren Dunnigan and daughter-in-law Adele Crown. She was preceded to death by her parents, her husband, children, Davetta Dunnigan, Larry Crown, and Ralph Crown, a great-great-grandson, Parker, and siblings Howard S. Wilder, Violet Leitha Wilder, Arthur R. Wilder, Bertha Jane Wilder, Johns, Bessie Wilder Cooper, and Edward Earl Wilder. A graveside memorial service at Crest Haven Memorial Park in Claremont will be announced at a later date. Arrangements are being handled by Frank and Bright Funeral Home of Flora. Anna Lou Simpson Taylor passed away on Tuesday, February 6th at Fairfield Memorial Hospital Skilled Care Unit. Funeral services will be held tomorrow at 10 at Johnson Devon Funeral Home with burial in Maple Hill Cemetery. Visitation is set for this evening from 5 until 7 at Johnson Devon Funeral Home. 90-year-old Janet Ann Fulpe of Flora passed away early Monday, February 5th at HSHS St. Anthony's Memorial Hospital in Effingham. A funeral ceremony will be held at 1 p.m. today at Frank and Bright Funeral Home in Flora. Interment will follow in Neff Cemetery. Visitations from 11 a.m. until service time at Frank and Bright Funeral Home of Flora. 81-year-old Laverne Dale Strange of Fort Wayne, Indiana passed away on February 2nd. Funeral services will be at 11 a.m. today at Jesus Name Church at 3615 New Haven Avenue in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Visitation will be an hour prior to the service. Barry will be at Greenlawn Memorial Garden Cemetery. Frank and Bright Funeral Home provided this information to WFIW. 80-year-old Ron Johnson of Mill Shoals passed away at 2.16 a.m. on Saturday, February 3rd at Deaconess Gateway Hospital in Newburgh. Funeral services will be at 1 this afternoon at Johnson Devon Funeral Home in Fairfield. Burial will be in Shrewsbury Cemetery in Mill Shoals. Military rights will be provided by Anthony Wayne Post 176 of the American Legion and Wayne County Post 4535 of the VFW. A visitation will be from 11 a.m. until service time today at Johnson Devon Funeral Home. Robert R. Ward passed away peacefully at his home, surrounded by family on February 4th. Visitation and service are set for tomorrow at Cook Funeral Chapel in Grayville. Visitation's at 10. The funeral's at noon with burial with military rites at the Oak Grove Cemetery in Grayville. 67-year-old Stephen Lee Neal of Norris City passed away on Wednesday, January 24th at St. Vincent Hospital in Evansville. A visitation to celebrate the life of Steve Neal will be held at 10 a.m., going until 12 noon Saturday at Campbell Funeral Home in Norris City. A gravesite service with interment will immediately follow at IOOF Cemetery in Norris City. Full obituaries including survivors at WFIWRadio.com. 
Save money and time by shopping with TOC Direct Mail. It comes to your mailbox every week and includes great buys on what you want and what you need. Look for TOC Direct in your mailbox this week. It takes a special type of person to inform and entertain, and that's what we do at TOC Direct Media. Inform and entertain. If you think you have what it takes, consider us for your next move. Log on to OriginalCompany.com and give us the reasons we should consider you for one of our openings. It might be just a side hustle for you. Log on to TheOriginalCompany.com, an equal opportunity employer. Part-time, full-time, or side hustle. Want to make a comment or suggestion about this Original Company radio station? Go online to OriginalCompany.com. For comments and suggestions, go online to OriginalCompany.com, an equal opportunity employer. Time now for sports on WFIW and WOKZ. The Wayne City Sisney girls basketball team fell to Mount Carmel. That final score was 57-23. to the Lady Indians with the loss fall to 6-21 overall. They are in tournament action beginning on Saturday. They take on Trico for their first round play-in game at the Cesar Valier Girls Basketball Regional. The Edwards County Lady Lions completed their regular season at last night by picking up a 68-25 win over Oblong Palestine Hudsonville at the Linda Oxby Gym in Albion. Grace Bishop led a balanced scoring attack with 13 points for Edwards County. Lola Nussmeyer added 11. JV contest also went the way of Edwards County, 34-6. Lady Lions will have the winner of Trico and Wayne City in regional play at Cesar Valier on Monday evening at 6. Other girls basketball from around the area on Thursday night. Woodlawn clipped Carmine White County in overtime, 38-37. Jace Burkett for Woodlawn hit the game-winning free throw with four-tenths of a second left in that game. Hamilton County held off Benton 58-54. Racy Phelps led Hamco with 28 in their win. Massac County down West Frankfort 64-45. Johnston City over Century 57-33. Sandoval Oden Patoka down South Central for Rhina. 59 to 46 in action out of the other side of the state with the conference action going on. It was Salem over East Alton Wood River 65 to 37. Looking at basketball now from the boys side of things. In Greater Egyptian play, NCOE defeated Thompsonville 43-33. Boys basketball seeding came out yesterday afternoon in Class 2A. Fairfield is the four seed in their subsectional. Lawrenceville is number one with Teotopolis number two. Newton three, Flora fifth, Newton sixth, Mount Carmel seventh, Vandalia eighth, Marshall ninth, Paris, 12, or Paris tenth, Toledo eleventh, and Oblong Palestine Hudsonville twelfth. In Class 1A, Edwards County is a host, but they have a 9 seed. Dietrich is the top seed with Altamont 2nd, Weber 3rd, Christ Rock Lutheran 4th, St. Elmo 5th, Grayville 6th, Clay City North Clay 7th, Sisney 8th, 
Farina South Central 10th, Red Hill 11th, Wayne City 12th, Odin Potoka 13th, Sandover 14th, and Mulberry Grove 15th. Pairings and locations for tournament play will be announced later today. In girls' middle school volleyball action from last night, Sisney defeated Red Hill in varsity action. Set scores were 25-18, 25-17. In junior varsity action, it was also a win for Sisney, 28-26, 14-25, and 15-8. Jason Gotch is standing by with state and regional sports from the Illinois Radio Network for this Friday. Illinois Radio Network Sports, I'm Jason Gotch. It's official. Bears legends Steve McMichael and Devin Hester have been elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hester is the first special teams player to make it to the Hall. Very emotional um, because we all know the situation now I was in, put in, um, coming in as a special team, and it was a special situation for, for me just to get in the, in the Hall of Fame and, and to, to get voted in. So it was hard. You know what I mean, and, and I and I I give all the thanks to all the nominees, you know what I mean, for making it, and uh, for all the voters that voted me in because I know this was a unique situation, the first to ever do it. And defensive end Julius Peppers, who also played part of his career for the Bears, is headed to the Hall of Fame as well. The other inductees this year are defensive end Dwight Freeney, linebacker Patrick Willis, wide receiver Andre Johnson, along with linebacker Randy Gratishar. Other NFL news, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson wins his second career league MVP award. And the 49ers and Chiefs square off in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas on Sunday. College basketball last night, Eastern Illinois won at Southern Indiana 81-71. Western Illinois fell to Little Rock 63-60. Number 10, Illinois plays at Michigan State tomorrow. NBA, the Bulls claw past the Grizzlies 118-110 in Memphis last night. DeMar DeRozan led the way with 30 points in that victory. The Bulls improved to 25-27 and 27 for the year. And the Bulls did not make a move at yesterday's trade deadline. DeRozan was happy about that. I believe in all these guys. We work extremely hard. Everybody wanted. We dealt with a lot. You know, sometimes adversity could build complete character. You know, I think that's what we have, and that's what we, we're going to show the second half of the season. Hockey, the Blackhawks host the Rangers tonight. The Hawks have lost five consecutive games. The All-Star break finally ends for the Blues tomorrow. They are back in action when they skate at the Buffalo Sabres. This is the Illinois Radio Network.